Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to another episode of Fast Line Fast Track. We're glad you're here. On this episode, we'll have the second part of our profile on Mahindra, this time with Senior Product Manager Ryan Piercy. We'll also talk with USDA economist Veronica Nye about the farm economy heading into 2020, and we'll talk with Versatile's Adam Reed about his company's new products and the push to expand their U.S. footprint. If that isn't enough, we're also going to throw in some holiday songs from the former bassist of the band Chicago, Jeff Coffey, and from our pal Scott Southworth. And finally, we'll hear music from Colt Barmer from the Ernest Tubb Record Shop in Nashville. You won't want to miss a moment of it. Let's go. Well, first up this week on the show, we have the second part of our feature on Mahindra, which is one of the world's largest tractor brands and continuing to gain market share here in the United States. This week, we hear from Ryan Piercy, the Senior Product Manager for Mahindra USA. Ryan, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. So we see you guys at all these shows. We seem to be hitting a lot of the same shows. Uh, what's new, uh, you know, for those in the market for a new compact tractor, utility tractor, what are some of the products that you are offering that are hot right now, and what are some of the things that buyers should be considering? Sure. So, again, Mahindra is the world's largest actual farm tractor company. Most people don't know that. And in the United States, we have a pretty extensive range of tractors, all the way from about 20 horsepower up to 125. Our bread and butter has been subcompact, compact, compact utility. So those are anything from I've got a big house and I've got a couple acres of ground on a subcompact and I want to be able to use a loader, use a backhoe like you see that we can do on that, all the way up to 10, 20 acres. I've got a horse, I've got some cows. To a compact utility, when you get to that size, that's also being used for some of those applications, but it's also used for income-producing farmers as like a secondary tractor, a chore tractor, tractor to run a rake, tractor to run a small dismo, or things like that. So what's unique about that, uh, that size of the market for us is there's a lot of people out there in the industry, pretty much everybody else has to use a diesel particulate filter. So we are unique in the fact that we have all of our engines that we manufacture and design. We do not have to have a diesel particulate filter. So what that means is for the common customer out there, it's actually simpler, easier, and less maintenance to run our tractors. You know, now's the time you start thinking about it. Heading into winter, what are some of the maintenance steps that uh, people should be thinking about uh, when they're preparing their tractors? Yeah, so the biggest thing, of course, is fluids. Anything, anything mechanical like this, you want to make sure that you've either changed or have the appropriate levels of fluids in there for winter storage if you're not going to be able to use it or not use it until the spring. Uh, another thing is, as, as we have a really colder than usual year this year, you might find some of those areas where you may have not had to before. You might be able to and want to look into, if you're going to use that tractor during the winter, some cold starting kits. So we sell those. Every dealer has those available. So everything from block heaters to plug heaters. So it's a little easier and, and you're more able to likely start during the winter when it just gets so cold that nothing mechanical wants to come to life. So if folks are interested in checking out uh, your product line, up, where can they go? Yeah, so the easiest is go to MahindraUSA.com. You can also visit us on our YouTube page to be able to see some stuff in action, 
as well as product walkarounds. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track, and make sure you uh, uh, check out the Mahindra website and uh, uh, get to your Mahindra dealer and check them out. Thank you very much. You have a good day. Next up, while I was in Kansas City earlier this month for the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention, I had the opportunity to speak with Veronica Nye, an economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation in Washington, D.C., to talk about some of the key issues she's watching within the farm economy. Veronica, we're uh, excited to have you back here on Fast Line Fast Track. Oh, thanks very much for having me on the show. It's, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you, Brent. So it seems like everywhere we go, uh, a question that we're asked a lot about and we ask a lot about is trade. You know, so much revolves around the talk about trade issues, USMCA and China and so forth. What are you guys seeing there that, uh, A, that gives you any kind of optimism that we're moving in the right direction? And uh, what are some of the signs that uh, uh, the, the things might not be as bad as people are hearing out in the media? Well, no, those, those are the right questions to ask. And, you know, one thing that, that U.S. agriculture, it, I think, has realized as this trade situation with China has unfolded is that perhaps we are a little too dependent on one single market. And so folks have really been focused on trying to expand our presence in, in lots of other markets. And, you know, when you look just at China, we lost between... 18 and 17, $14 billion worth of ag exports to just to that market. But overall, ag exports were only down by five. So that means, you know, we're obviously selling more product to a wider variety of, of, con of consumers around the world. And once we get this situation with China resolved, we're going to continue to work hard to grow those markets as well. So, you know, the, the world is changing. Uh, and the longer that we're out of the Chinese market, that's the longer other countries are, are able to, to grow their presence. But when we come out of this, it's very likely that the world's going to look a little bit different. Not everyone's uh, uh, going to be selling into the Chinese market with the same fervor as they are right now. And at the same time, we'll be developing those other markets. So, you know, I think that's, um, that's something that, that, that we look at and say, it's it's not as bad as it as it as it could be, and there's a lot of other opportunities out there. And one of the things that we talked about here offline a bit was uh, just our capacity to be able to fulfill those exports, uh, especially looking at, uh, at commodities like dairy. I mean, wh where where do we stand on that? Well, you know, again, going back to China, it's hard not to talk about it because there's such a big market. But you know, there's been a lot of talk of an extra 40 billion or an extra 50 billion what or what does that actually mean and you know the question about whether us agriculture can actually export that amount of product and you know i think we've always in the last few years looked at ourselves as an exporter of soybeans to to china but there's a lot of uh, of different products that we're actually exporting to that market, and there's a lot more potential to export a wider variety of products. You know, there's a there's a lot of Chinese consumers of a lot of different uh, income bands. You know, there's a, more wealthy people in China than there are wealthy people in the United States. So when you start thinking about what does our relationship look like with them, what does a forty billion dollar number look like? It doesn't all have to be soybeans. You know, we can start talking about exporting more uh, meat products. We're certainly exporting a lot of pork right now because of the ASF outbreak there. Despite the increased tariffs, we're, increase, we're increasing and in, in those exports of, of, of pork. We're also, you know, you start looking at products like, uh, like dairy products, where, you know, just 10, 15 years ago, the U.S. dairy sector wasn't exporting really anything. And today, they're 15% of U.S. milk production is exported. 
But you know, as we look to, towards the future, how do you how do you increase things like uh, dairy exports? Well, I think as a as a sector as an industry, we have to look at uh, our production capacity and whether what we're producing is what consumers in other countries want to to buy. And that's a slow process of of. Uh, increasing that uh, production uh, capacity of you know those processed products and putting it in package sizes that that people want to buy, but certainly uh, when you look around at the at the ag sector in the U.S., we're obviously uh, capable of of making those changes and, and adapting because that's what farmers and ranchers have always done. So right now we're hearing a whole lot about USMCA, and we have for the last year or so. It seems like maybe there's a little momentum starting to, to uh, roll that way. What are some of the things as farmers and ranchers or as consumers that we should be asking? What are some of the things that we should be considering about USMCA? Well, for USMCA, um, you know, I think it's very clearly a political issue at this point and not an economic one. Um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find an American even outside of agriculture, who didn't realize how important Mexico and Canada are as, a, as trade partners for the U.S. You know, for, for ag, about a third of our exports go to these two important markets. So um, making sure that we actually get USMCA across the, the finish line, that we're for, you know, for those commodities that are going to see a little bit more market access, like the dairy sector, uh, that we only get those gains if we actually get the bill uh, in, into Congress and we get it passed. Um, so. Those those benefits um, are are on the shelf at the moment, um, and the the longer that we go on without it, the you know the more difficult it is to to try to plan for the future. And you know, and I think for a consumer, you look at things like Dean Foods filing for bankruptcy, and that's that's a big deal. And um, this instability that we see in a lot of uh, areas revolving uh, dairy, and I know I keep talking about them, but it's 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 important, and it's 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 a it's been a, a challenging few years uh, for for that for that area of agriculture. Um, but the the longer we go on without some stability in all these different areas of of the business, the more difficult it's going to be. The more dean food type situations you're going to see. And the more challenging consumers are, are going to, to, to find it. As we go into 2020, uh, what other trade situations are on your radar? Well, we've, we've talked a lot over the last few years about all of the, um, you know, sort of the scary situations with Canada and Mexico and the scary situation with, uh, uh, with China. But something that we haven't talked as much about is uh, the potential uh, deal that we have with Japan that could go into effect the 1st of January. That's a big deal. I can't oversell that, how big of a deal that actually is, because the U.S. has been losing market share uh, on some pretty important products like beef and pork, uh, even corn, um, into the, the Japanese market because our competitors have trade agreements and we don't. So that's that's a big deal. Um, they're still uh, one of the top five export destinations for U.S. ag products. Um, they're wealthy consumers that buy a, a wide variety of value-added products. That, that's, that's a good thing. Well, it's all a lot to wrap your mind around here. And uh, as things shake out, uh, we'll be back in, in touch with you and uh, get, get more of your insights. But uh, as always, Veronica, it's a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thanks very much, Brent. I appreciate it. 
Well, tis the season. I've had a couple of holiday releases come across my desk here recently, and I'd like to share those with you. The first comes from our buddy Scott Southworth, who was featured on episode 12 of Fast Line Fast Track. He tells me he's preparing to head into the studio soon to record some new music that likely will be out in the second half of 2020. For now, though, he's recorded a traditional country heartbreak song that's gaining a lot of airplay this holiday season. This is Scott Southworth with Maybe Next Year, Christmas. The cards are unopened, no wreath. On the door, not a tinsel or light deck the halls. No sweet sound of laughter, just echo of tears. And her goodbye I hear in these walls. Maybe next year, Christmas. Until then, leave me alone There's no need here, Christmas In a house that don't feel like a home Maybe come next December, my heart will remember Right now it's tender and blue Maybe then I'll be ready for you There's been dear friends and family Call on the phone With their invites for nights on the town But the cheer of the season Songs in the air remind me She's with him now So maybe next year Christmas Until then Please leave me alone There's no need here Christmas In a house that don't feel like a home Day season, maybe there's a reason, but right now I'm just getting through. Maybe next year, Christmas, maybe then I'll be ready for you.
That was Scott Southworth with Maybe Next Year Christmas. Be sure to go check him out at scottsouthworth.com and download some of that great music. Well, next up, their hulking yellow and red tractors are unmistakable when you see them out in farm fields. Canadian manufacturer Versatile is continuing to expand its footprint in the United States, and I recently sat down to talk about their strategy and their newest product offerings with Adam Reed, Versatile's Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Adam, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Thanks for having me, Brad. So uh, you guys uh, have been around for quite some time. The company goes back to 1947, and you guys uh, have a claim to fame of uh, being the first to mass-produce four-wheel drive tractors uh, at your place in Winnipeg there back in 1970. 66 and have been going great guns uh, ever since and now you're uh, really working on making a, a big push to, uh, uh, to 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 get more into the US market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've never really left the US market, but the versatile brand was around from the late 40s to 1966, as you mentioned, uh, primarily building grain augers and smaller smaller farm machinery. And then in 66, uh, in Winnipeg, they developed the first articulated four-wheel drive tractor and set up an assembly line to mass produce them. So we have this ongoing discussion with our friends in uh, at Case New Holland about whether or not the, the Steiger was the first to be produced as a four-wheel drive or the Versatile. But I guess we've compromised to say that we were mass producing them uh, on an assembly line in Winnipeg while they were still uh, building them one at a time in their shed in uh, uh, outside of uh, Fargo. So, uh, you know, we've, we've never really left the U.S. market. Uh, we're known around the world for the four-wheel drive. I mean, it's known to be reliable, durable, easy to service, and we use Cummins engines and have been in a partnership exclusively with Cummins since 1970. So we've got a fairly rich history. We're really positioned as a component tractor. Uh, some companies paint over the logos of their suppliers, whereas we're very proud of the fact that we use Cummins engines. Uh, our big tractors have CAT transmissions. Uh, we use CAMSO tracks on our Delta track uh, track model. Uh, so we're very proud of the fact that we've partnered with those uh, industry suppliers to put this tractor together, which, I mean, also, in addition to having, you know, recognizable, recognizable components that are, you know, uh, robust industry-leading brands, it also allows for more opportunity down the road for easier access to parts, um, you know, more commonality between parts, whether it's a, a starter that you don't necessarily need to come back to us if the starter fails in five years or seven years, you can go to your local store and get that off the shelf. And that's really how we've built these tractors. And that's why we have the claim to fame that it's the, the most, uh, your easiest to service and maintain tractor on the market today. So you guys have some new product that has been introduced here recently. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, we actually have uh, throughout the years, I mean, going back more than 100 years, uh, Versatile has been dabbling into tillage or the companies we've acquired have been dabbling in tillage in one form or another. Uh, so most recently, uh, we purchased a company in Alberta uh, named Easyon, and that was about six, seven years ago. And we've uh, created a new high-speed compact disc. It's called the Fury. It's a very exciting product for us. Um, works really well at high speeds. It works really well at not quite so high speeds. It takes a lot of power to pull. And we found that it's been absolutely destructive in terms of what it can do to uh, chopping up residue and things like that. It's probably the most aggressive uh, high-speed compact disc on the market today. So very, very happy with that. Um, you know, especially given the challenging fall that we had in a lot of places, there's a lot of ruts in the field. So uh, farmers are looking forward to getting out there and, you know, kind of resetting some of that land base. And uh, the other product that we're really excited about, it's been more than five years in development. We just launched it, and it's the Versatile Nemesis. 
It's 175, 195, and 210 horsepower, uh, developed from the ground up here in Winnipeg with input from all over North America. And it's got the biggest cab in the segment. It's got a Cummins engine. It's got a ZF or like a ZF transmission, uh, industry-leading components. But, you know, the, the real interesting part about this is that it's the only tractor in the segment that's being built in North America. A lot of the tractors in the segment are coming from other places in the world, but this tractor is actually built right here in Winnipeg. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited about that. We also have a OEM agreement with uh, Kubota. So the Kubota M8 tractor will be built on the same assembly line as the Versatile Nemesis. So that's a really exciting partnership for us as well, and we're very excited to see that come to fruition. And that tractor is just uh, just hitting the marketplace now. So we're really excited to see where it goes. I mean, our smallest tractor before this was 265 horsepower, which is pretty big for a lot of areas. But this 175 to 210 will really become kind of a, a do-all tractor. You know, guys will use it to run an auger. Some will do row crop with it. You can put a loader on it. Uh, for motor work, so we're pretty excited. It's been uh, it's been at least five years in the making to finally see it now rolling out the back door of the factory is pretty exciting. So uh, we're really excited about the potential for that product. So what's on the horizon for 2020 for Versatile? Well, that's uh, that's where you have to pull out the crystal ball and see uh, where the geopolitical angles are going, where the commodity prices are going. We're relatively optimistic. I mean, it's definitely, I don't think any anyone in agriculture is anticipating the land of milk and honey in 2020, but we're, uh, we're relatively optimistic, uh, just feeling about where everything's going to go. Uh, we'll get the Nemesis out there in full production numbers. And, you know, we're working on a fairly uh, ongoing suite of new products. So we expect to be launching several product improvements in the next two to three years um, and product enhancements as well. So it's uh, it's an interesting time because we have not really backed off on our, our research and development initiatives. So a lot of the company has been focused on new products and product improvement. Uh, so we've really tried to, despite the farm economy, continue that investment, continuing investment in R&D, so that when the farm economy does improve, we'll have the right products that are, are ready to go. And, you know, kind of the cornerstone of what we do isn't necessarily technology-based. A lot of our competitors really focus heavily on technology. We have a lot of the same technology. We just outsource it to partner suppliers um, just because we think there should be flexibility at the farm gate if they want to put a Green Star system or they want to put a Trimble system or they want to put a, a Top Connor Raven system in. We've built tractors that are able to accept all of those systems. And we've actually worked with the uh, major precision ag companies so that they have uh, off-the-shelf kits that, that pop right into our tractors plug-and-play rather than provide that straight from the factory. So a big part of what we do and what we'll continue to do going forward is that flexibility uh, in terms of, you know, letting the farmer, we want our equipment to fit on a farmer's yard with his existing infrastructure. So a lot of our future technology is based on allowing that to happen. So we'll build the rugged, durable iron and uh, obviously make it so that it can be, uh, the technology can be added at the farm gate. So that's really where where we're going in in the future. So you guys currently have about 100 dealers in the U.S. Any plans to ex- expand or, uh, or or grow that footprint here in the near future? Absolutely. Yeah, we add, at this point, we uh, add anywhere from 8 to 10 dealers a year, or at least have for the past two or three years. And that, that is a fairly steady growth as our products are uh, well accepted and as, you know, there's more optimism 
at the ground level, we see more dealers expressing interest in becoming a dealer. And this new uh, versatile nemesis, that size tractor, will get us into areas that we haven't been before. But, I mean, it's something we want to make sure we sign up the right dealers. A big part of our philosophy is making sure we have service available for the customers. And that wasn't necessarily always the case. So as we've shifted our company focus into being customer first, we want to make sure that we're signing up the right dealers, the dealers that not only can sell tractors, but are also willing to invest the time to get uh, the service training that's required invest the money to have parts on the shelf when something does go wrong. And so we've really made a push to invest in the right dealers. We want uh, partnerships in our dealerships. We want them to be strong, and we've really refined what we're looking for in that. So I'm very pleased with where our dealer development efforts have gone, but of course we're always looking to expand that network. But like I said, we're really looking for the right dealers to partner with. So if folks want to know more about Versatile and the products you offer, where can they go to get that information? Well, of course, we're all over social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But our website is www.versatile-ag.com. Uh, and that's probably the best place to get uh, the most recent information on uh, the company and what we're doing. And do check out those socials. They do a great job keeping those updated and, and uh, give, giving you little nuggets of information here along the way. So go check those out. And uh, Adam Reed, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the program and, and join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate the time. And back on Fast Line Fast Track, and this is a real treat as we're heading into the holiday season here with the former lead tenor vocalist and bassist of the world-renowned band Chicago, who's currently out on tour as a bassist uh, along with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Don Felder, the Eagles, uh, Jeff Coffey. And Jeff, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me on the show. I say it's a treat heading into the holidays because uh, uh, you've got a holiday release coming out, and uh, uh, we, we get to hear a little bit of this here, man. Uh, what, what was the inspiration for it? Well, uh, we were in the studio in Nashville recording um, my upcoming record uh, called Origins, which is coming out December 6th, and uh, had the great fortune of having um, Michael Lamartian play piano on some of the songs. Um if some of you out there are not familiar with Michael Amardian, uh, he's uh, an extremely talented uh, pianist, uh, highly successful producer. He's produced Peter Cetera, Amy Grant, uh, um, uh, Rod Stewart. Uh, I mean, the list. Uh, Christopher Cross, you know, sailing. He played piano on all of that early Steely Dan stuff, uh, all that Asia stuff. That's him. It's not Donald Fagan. It's Michael McDon- uh, Michael Omardian, and um, uh, uh, we asked him to be involved with this recording, and he graciously accepted our our invitation. And we thought, hey, you know, we we did a couple of songs on the record, just real raw piano and vocal, and it was just such an, a moving experience for me. I said, hey, let's do a Christmas song, and we picked this one, and. Uh, and it just turned out so beautiful. It's uh, just myself on vocals, Michael on piano with some strings, and it just turned out great. I will concur. It was absolutely phenomenal. The first time I heard it, I said, yes, we, we definitely have to get this on the program here to uh, uh, get people in the mood for the holidays. And uh, as, yeah. as a guy who, uh, who is on the road a lot as a musician, uh, I'm sure it has special meaning for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely relate to it. You know, when you're traveling, you're away from home. Um, you know, you, you, you long to be home, and especially, especially during the holidays. Christmas is always a kind of a special time for me. I'm a family guy, and, 
you know, so yeah, I can relate to the message of this song 100%. So tell us what 2019 has looked like for you and uh, what is the upcoming year looking like for you? Yeah, 2019 was a very busy year. Um, when I've been uh, heading up to Nashville, I probably was going up there once a month uh, to record this record. Um, got to work with some great people on this record. Uh, Rex Schnelli, one of them. He's the guy that co-produced and the record and mixed the record, and he he basically played all the instruments on on ten of the fourteen tracks, and um, so he would build these songs, and I would go up and sing on them, and then there was a uh, uh, we also did a studio session at um, uh, Latitude South, um, beautiful studio there in Leaper's Fork, mm-hmm. and um, had some other uh, session players there, um, had uh, Tristan Bowden. My uh, my brother from Chicago comes and play on a couple songs, and uh, Chris Rodriguez plays guitar on a couple songs, and so um, it was a great experience, you know. And uh, it was that that's what my uh, most of this year has spent putting that together, recording, and all of that. So anxious to get that out. And uh, next year we're going to be releasing a bunch of singles off this record, along with videos. And I'm going to get out there and uh, and play some shows. So looking forward to that whole that whole experience, getting out there and seeing a lot of those people face to face. You know, they've been following, and uh, and at the same time, uh, at some part of next year, start working on the next record of uh, our original songs. Oh, excellent. So, uh, do you like doing that? You mentioned doing videos. Do you like doing the video work? <laughs> yeah, it's neat. You know, uh, I love. Uh, you know, when I've done the a lot of the social media stuff that I do, like Facebook Lives and things like that, uh, it's really cool to capture things that you're doing. You know, like and especially um, these first, we did a couple of videos of us actually in the studio recording a song, and it was just great to capture that. You know, in high definition. You know, and we did a video for. Um, a song off of Origins, which is <clears throat> Origins is, is a tribute album uh, of a lot of great hits that uh, <clears throat> singers paying tribute to singers that didn't inspire me when I was a young musician, you know, to want to become a musician. So, you know, we did uh, one of the songs we did and, and released a video and a single for was "I Can't Make You Love Me," uh, which is a hit by Bonnie Raitt, and uh, the video is out there on YouTube now, and it just uh, you know just turned out great. And we've done that for another one, and uh, and then we did a, a a different video for another single. But I do like doing the video stuff because I like to capture, you know, moments. You know, it's it's, it's a fun process. It's all a part of that creative process. You know, mm-hmm. who were some of the other artists who inspired you early in your career? Uh, some of the some of the big influences for me was bands like Journey. You know, Steve Perry was a huge huge influence on me. I mean. I, I joke about it. I tell people, it's like, God, man, Steve Perry was from another planet, man. That guy was doing some inhuman stuff uh, as a vocalist. And uh, no one really has been able to, to match that sense, you know. <clears throat> he really set the bar high. Mm-hmm. Um, another another huge influence on me was Sting. Uh, I was a big police fan from day one, and I followed his solo career pretty heavily. I have just about all of his solo records and... Uh, so, you know, these are some of the artists that I have on this this uh, upcoming record, Origins. You know, and uh, you know, you know, covering their some of their songs. But you know, I was into you know, I was also into 
you know, a lot of, um, like Mr. Mister, um, uh, level 42, you know, kind of technical rock kind of thing. Uh-huh. So a lot of different influences. And I also love the big rock bands. I love Van Halen. You know, I love, there's just so many, you know, that's awesome. What, what drives you to keep going? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I've been doing this professionally now for, um, probably 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. and there was a time where I took a break. I was just, I had gotten burnt, you know, and I did something else for three or four years, but it was kind of, um, an eye opening experience for me, an awakening really, because when I, when you, when you have something in, in your life that you really love, and then you take it out of your life, you realize how much you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like we uh, all us musicians to do it for a living. We say, you know, we didn't choose music. It chose us, you know? It, and it's, it's the truth. You, either, you, have, you have to do it because it's just who you are. It's not that you want to do it. It's just you have to do it and because you, you wouldn't be happy doing anything else. And so after that, after that long break, um, is when I realized that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, and, and I started playing again and started writing again. And, uh, this was, a this was about four years or so ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I started going up to Nashville a lot and networking. And then that's how I got the Chicago gig. Um, you know, when I got back into the business, you know, and what keeps me going is just knowing that, you know, there's nothing else in the world that I'd rather be doing. There's nothing else in the world that I will be doing professionally than this. So I love it. I love the creative process. I love singing and I love interacting with the people. So, uh, that's, that's, those are the kind of things that keeps me going. Even though it's a grind, it beats working for a living, doesn't it? That's right, man. So, uh, (laughs) what, uh, what was it about Nashville that drew you to Nashville as opposed to heading to LA or or, or New York or anywhere else to record? Well, again, there was, there was several factors with that. Um, one is that in one of the former bands that I was in, we spent a lot of time in Nashville. Our management team was from there. So we got to know Nashville. I got to know a lot of musicians in Nashville. And this is, you know, um, this was, you know, back in the uh, mid to late nineties. And, um, geographically for me, I'm from Florida, so it's closer and pretty much the entire industry, uh, every aspect of the industry is moving to Nashville and there's so much going on there in town, um, musically and business wise that aren't necessarily affiliated with country music. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be surprised to know how many big artists and how many people that aren't country in the country world live there and so you can get pretty much anything done that you need to get done there and so for me it was a quick flight up there and geographically close and and i networking with a bunch of uh, you know musicians and people like that uh, that i knew from nashville so it was it was a logical choice you know mm-hmm. music city right there you know so short flight away so you've got this great holiday classic rendition coming out here what do the holidays mean to you? You know, the holidays for me is all about family. It's all about, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's for me, it represents a time where you can kind of, even though it's hectic and crazy and the hustle and bustle of the season, it's a kind of a time where you can, un, you know, clock out a little bit and just kind of slow down and enjoy family time. 
it's only you know the quiet moments the, the you know that that for me is it's almost like a, you, you wrap up the year with that kind of a you know family hang and, and to me that's what really Christmas is all about is family so if people want to go out and get the new album where can they find it they'll be able to find that well it's going to be on our store on my, our, um, my label Jetpack it's going to be on that store mm-hmm. um, and it's officially released uh, December 6th but people have been pre-ordering it you know so it's pre-orders are up you know up and we've been taking those for a while uh, but it actually officially gets released on December 6th and uh and then probably, I would say, maybe a month or so after that, it'll be up on all the all the stores, all the streaming sites and all that stuff. So, Okay. Make sure, folks, if you want to check out more about his new album that's coming out, go to jeffcoffee.com. That's C-O-F-F-E-Y. Uh, make sure you go check him out. Check him out on socials and, and follow his career and, and go out and support him. Go Go download that album. Make sure you get him wherever... Music is sold here, and uh, Jeff, man, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us here and to share this music with us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show, man. All right, again, Jeff Coffee, and here is "I'll Be Home for Christmas." I'm dreaming tonight of a place I love even more than I usually do. It's a long road back I promise you I'll be home for Christmas You
And those were the great holiday sounds of Jeff Coffee. Again, be sure to check out his music at jeffcoffee.com. And now we head to the legendary Ernest Tubb Record Shop in Nashville, where we catch up with our buddy Colt Barber. It's been a while since we've talked, so we hear about the latest on his farm, about life on the road, and about what's ahead in 2020. Then he battles through a cold to give us some of his great traditional country music. And back on Fast Line, Fast Track, and now we've got a real treat here. Usually we have to do these over the phone, but uh, today we are in the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, and I've got with me my buddy Colt Barber. Colt, welcome in to Fast Line, Fast Track. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's good to be here. Face to face. Last time I saw him face to face was a couple months ago when we were down doing the uh, the, the rodeo down the road a bit. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a, like a year since then, seems like. Man, it feels like it. it's only been a couple months but it's been a fast couple months and i tell you what we've been all over the road you've been all over the road i've been all over the road yeah. and uh we're, we're just trying to get the word out about uh, about all this great music and everything we got going on what's new down on the farm man just been working getting you know all the stuff ready for fall and uh getting the animals sorted and uh just having a good time uh-huh. and i had to remind people he is from south georgia where we were here uh, recently for the sunbelt ag expo down yep. with his people down there in south georgia good time at the ag expo yeah man boiled peanuts and all yes you cannot go to South Georgia with not having bold paint. Yeah, and I tell you what, we it, it had been a while since I'd been to Valdosta, probably eight or nine years down that way, and uh, I had uh, never been uh, introduced to the smoking pig. Yes, the smoking pig. Dude, I tell you what, you know, it, uh, usually you go to places like that and you order like a trio of meats and uh, they give you such little skimpy portions. That's and right. They're so chintzy mm, with it. Not that, uh, there, buddy. So uh, I'm like, man, I need a th- three meat deal here. I and you never, got loaded up. I've never eaten so much food. And that was you after appetizers, up. man. We had the uh, St. Louis ribs. We had oh, the man, uh, awesome. the brisket. We had uh, like a quarter chicken. Nice. And uh, 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 sweet potato fries. And, uh, uh, man, what else? Well, you, you left there definitely full. Uh, I left there with my stomach dragging on the ground is what I left yeah. <laughs> there. Absolutely. Man, some of the greatest food and some of the greatest hospitality down there in South Georgia, Good man. Good stuff, man. Good people in South Georgia. So what's new on the uh, music front with you man man we're in the studio uh working on a brand new album that'll mm-hmm. be coming out first of the year getting ready for the 2020 tour and uh doing a lot of writing mm-hmm. and uh feeling very inspired these days to uh, write and uh just getting ready um got some interesting stuff working in 2020 so we're excited about that uh-huh. and uh be doing the podcast with you and working on a couple other things so Things going good. So to kind of recap a bit for some of our listeners that, that may not have heard uh, the, those first couple, tell us about how you got into the country music business. Uh, I got into country music. I mean, I grew up, you know, listening to country music um, with Waylon and Willie and Merle and mm-hmm. Johnny Cash and Keith Whitley and Bern Gosden and uh, Don Williams and all those guys. Those were all my heroes. And um, just, you know, grew up listening to it, uh, started singing in church when I was young, and then, uh, uh, you know, morphed into the countryside, And because uh, I do have a country voice, no matter what I try to do to change it, it just comes <laughs> out. And uh, just love traditional country music, and uh, thankful for the opportunity to sing that, thankful for the fans who come out all the time to hear the good, you know, traditional music. And uh, excited uh, about what's going on and looking forward to 2020 to our tour. So what took you from Georgia to Nashville, Tennessee? 
you know, everybody, it's just like everybody else, moving up here uh, to chase the dream, uh, to meet people, to write with songwriters, uh, to learn the craft, uh, to record in the studios. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a magical town. And uh, so, you know, moving up here to, uh, to be around that and uh, get to meet interesting people and hang out uh, with friends that I've made through the years. And, and it's just an exciting place. What did you learn about this town that uh, maybe you didn't know or maybe had some preconceived notions that were shot down when you got here? Um, it's a tough town. It's a, it's a cool town, but it's a tough town. Um, you know, there's a lot of different country music, so there's something for everybody, that's for sure. And uh, I had to learn how to find my way and uh, figure out exactly who I was in my writing and uh, recording. And uh, thankful for the years that I had the opportunity to do that. Um, but the town is the town is alive. Nashville is an awesome place, and I'm uh, just thankful uh, every day that I get to to be in the town and to work and uh, do what I love. This town's run a lot of people off. But you're yes. still here, man. Still here. What what what, uh, what do you attribute that to? You know, um, I'm ornery. <laughs> I would say that yeah. that would be the case. Um, and my band would say that that would be the case, too. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, ornery and, and just kind of doing our thing our way, uh, not trying to be anybody else, not trying to copy anybody else, um, not jealous of anybody else. You know, you do your thing, I'll do mine. And uh, it's worked for several people through the years, and that's just what I stick to. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the circuits you're really popular on uh, with your music is the rodeo circuit. <clears throat> how, how did all that come together? Um, you know, just the, the cowboy life is something that's near and dear to me and uh throughout the years of uh rodeo and friends and rodeo and um my music uh the rodeo fans love uh and farm fans love my music uh it's traditional country and we talk about cowboys and horses and cows and tractors and trucks and um we were doing that you know before it was quote popular Mm -hmm. and uh so we just stayed true to that and uh, we've got a good fan base that love what we do and um and uh, we love playing rodeos, man. It's an awesome time to get in front of a rodeo crowd because we like to bring bring the music and then let the cowboys, you know, bring the action on the horses. So, uh-huh. and as opposed to some of the guys running around town here that, that just song ride, just uh, uh, play up on the stage, a lot of your time really truly is spent getting your hands dirty on the farm. Yes, um, you know, try to stay as much as I can. I mean, I'm on the road a lot, but I do love to work around my farm and uh, enjoy that time. It's kind of a time to, to rejuvenate and to, to replenish things that get depleted when you're out on the road. And um, uh, we're going to probably do a video soon. I'm going to bring my band out. I'm going to give them a day in the life of working on the farm from my tour manager all the way down. And uh, we, we will put that out uh, very soon. It, it will be an interesting uh, little video that we're going to do. That's excellent. We might have to get behind the scenes on that one. That would be awesome. We'd love, that <clears throat> We'd love for you to. We'd love for you to. What, uh, what what's the rest of 2019 looking like for you here? You know, 2019, uh, we're we're entering to the you know the best holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So spending time with family and friends, um, uh, we'll be working on. Like I said, we got a new album. We're working on great music. We're excited about and uh, just kind of getting you know a little rest when we can and uh, getting ready for 2020. We start first thing 2020 on the the big tour so um we're excited about all the dates we got rocking uh we'll be dealing with talking to sponsors in between now and then getting them ready getting all their material done so a lot of behind the scenes work to get ready for 2020 we've been teasing you here for a few weeks we still got some things cooking we still got a few
few uh, uh, I's to dot and a few T's to cross. So we're going to tease you a little bit longer here while we get all that worked out. But uh, I promise you, once we get it all ironed out, we got some cool stuff coming up here. It's going to be good. Man, I'm excited to to get to work with this guy because he's one of the good ones in the business here. And uh, we have a lot of fun just just chatting and uh, sharing ideas and commiserating and everything else we do, man. Absolutely. uh, I just love it here. So what what we're going to do is we're going to get you all mic'd up here, man. And, uh, Sweet. Awesome. We're, we're going to let uh, folks hear some more of this great Colt Barber country music. Make sure you go check him out at ColtBarber.com. Make sure you go check out his social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, uh, because uh, they, they've got a, a renewed effort on some of that stuff, and uh, you're going to be seeing everything you need to see about him to, to stay on top of his career there. So, Absolutely. Uh, man, we appreciate you taking the Thank time you, to Brad. join us. And, I appreciate uh, it so much. As always, your family, brother. We love it. What a great, what a great thing y'all are doing, keeping ag and country music alive. And, uh, man, I just applaud y'all for everything you're doing. I appreciate it. And they, they don't even know. They haven't seen anything yet. That's it's, right. It's about to get big. So uh, we're going to uh, let him get mic'd up, and we'll give you the music of Colt Barber. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Colt Barber, and I'm going to do a song that I wrote a couple years ago called Two Old Wedding Rings. Sign red gold wanted So a part went inside The man behind the counter He asked me Are you selling or buying? I reached into my pocket Grab some old memories I said, sir, what will you give me For these two old wedding rings He offered bottom dollar And said, that's all I can do Said I know it ain't much But to tell you the truth There ain't a whole lot of people Wanting bands of broken dreams But son, I'll do you a favor Take those two old wedding rings She gave me no warning She didn't even say goodbye I'd have done a whole lot different If I'd have had more time Thought we had forever, but what's forever really new? I'm standing here all alone with two old wedding rings. So I took the old man's money. He said, son, 
Don't be so sad You deserve a whole lot better Than a woman that'll leave you like that I said, mister, you got it wrong It ain't it all what it seems I'm buying her a gravestone With these two old wedding rings She gave me no warning She didn't even say I'd have done a whole lot different If I'd have had more time I thought we had forever But what's forever really mean? I'm standing here all alone Two old wedding rings. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so I grew up uh, a Waylon Jennings fan, and uh, I think a lot of the listeners of Fast Line. A podcast or Waylon Jennings fans, so I'm going to do an old Waylon Jennings song for you. This one's called Rose in Paradise. <clears throat> she was a flower for the taking. Her beauty cut just like night. He was a banker from Macon And he swore to love her all his life Bought her a mansion on a mountain With a formal garden and a lot of land But paradise became her prison that Georgia banker was a jealous man Every time he talked about her You could see the fire in his eyes He'd say, I would walk through hell on Sunday To keep my rose in paradise Hired a man to tend the garden And keep an eye on her while he was gone Some say they ran away together Some say the gardener left alone Now the banker is an old man The mansions are crumbling down Sits all day and stares at the garden Not a trace of her was ever found Every time he talked about her 
You could see the fire in his eyes He'd say, I would walk through hell on Sunday To keep my rose in paradise Now there's a rose out in the garden Its beauty cuts just like a knife Say it even grows in the winter time and blooms in the dead of the night. Thank y'all. So we're gonna do one more, uh, and uh, grew up a Keith Whitley fan, and uh, I think he was one of the greatest that ever came through Nashville, and. Uh, I think he left way too early. So uh, we're going to have a request for this one. We're going to do this one tonight. It's called Don't Close Your Eyes. <clears throat> I know you loved him a long time ago. Even now in my arms You still want him, I know But darling, this time Your memories lie When you hold me tonight Don't close your eyes Don't close your eyes Let it be me Don't pretend it's him In some fantasy Darling, just once Let yesterday go And you'll find more love Than you've ever known just hold me tight when you love me tonight And don't close your eyes <clears throat> Maybe I've been a fool Holding on all this time Lying here in your own Knowing he's in your mind But I keep hoping someday That you'll see the light Let it be me tonight And don't close your eyes Don't close your eyes, let it be me Don't pretend it's him in some fantasy Darling, just once let yesterday go And you'll find more love than you've ever known Just hold me tight when you love me tonight and don't close your eyes.
And those were the sounds of Colt Barber. Make sure you check him out at coltbarber.com. That's K-O-L-T barber.com. And it's time to start making some decisions for plant 2020. If you're in the market for farm equipment, make sure you make your first stop fastline.com. Check out the equipment locator and the price comparison tool with the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. Again, that's fastline.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Fastline Fast Track podcast for expanded interviews and the best in true country music. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the iHeartRadio app. Until next time, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fastline Fast Track, presented by Fastline Media Group. To learn more about Fastline's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastlineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, Fastline.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com. Something like that.